Hello, listeners. Beyond the Mask, in conjunction with NBC RNA, is pleased to announce that listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how to submit them, go to our website. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, all right, Sharon, here we are again. Back in the studio. Yeah, looking forward to this. Um, and, uh, it's been, been just a minute since we've been in here together, you know? Uh, less than a month. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we were there for a while. We were doing this, you know, every other week or something. And now it uh, seems like we're both getting busier and busier, and it's a month in between our, our yeah. recordings. Well, it'll be another month because I'm at the wire for school right now. Yeah. What are you going to do when you get done? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it's been three years, but it's oh, been fast that's years. That's crazy. Isn't that, it, seems, uh, it doesn't seem like three years to me, but I'm sure it seems no. like 60 years. No, so. actually, it doesn't seem like three years. Wow. Really does not. Huh. We still need to do a show on that process. What, an old lady going back to school? Well, I wasn't going to say it that way, but you know, um, you know, and the why's behind it and, you know, sure. it'd be a good show. I think we ought to sure. do that. So sure. So am I going to, uh, we both yeah. forget it. So am I going to tell the real truth I went back to school or the truth that I tell everybody? Oh, see, that makes for the, even a better show, right? So. There you go. There <laughs> well, speaking go. of shows, I think, uh, I think we've got an amazing show lined up today. Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. We've been trying to get him on. Yeah, the show. yeah. I, I, you know, I've, I've watched the videos and uh, kind of went back and, and look, read through the stuff. And um, Steve James is with us today. Welcome, Steve. Hello there. Well, we're excited to hear about your story and uh, what you've done with your uh, with your life here and, and the direction mm-hmm. that you've got things going. And um, give us a little bit of background about you so our listeners will, will know more about you. Well, I think, you know, I'm a CRNA, of course, so we have lots of uh, common backgrounds. Um, and, uh, you know, I was I practiced for about 35 years and enjoyed every day uh, going to work. I think what Sharon said that CRNAs are the best kept secret in healthcare is true. Um, it's been a pleasure for me to work with um, in that capacity. Uh, I finished uh, my training in 1982 and in Dothan and had a great career. I'm on this show because of, you know, uh, some things that happened in my life. And, uh, you know, I was like, I was like everybody else. Um, This great career that we've had has allowed me to be engaged in my community and, you know, have the time and the resources to, to have an impact locally. And I was living my life. I was happy and content with everything. Everything was going my way. 
And then, uh, now, you know, I had a few interruptions, um, like everybody does. I had lymphoma. Um, I had to have a pretty extensive treatment for that. That wasn't fun. Um, thought I was going to die from that, but uh, by the grace of God, I'm here. Um, and then, you know, I have to, I'm married. I've uh, been married 41 years. Um, I have three children. My middle child, uh, Brittany, had, she started supporting a, a little boy in Africa back in 1997. Uh, when she was 16, she got her first job and she became pen pals with this little boy named Newton. Of course, she always wanted to go to Kenya. And I wouldn't, I thought that was a really bad idea. I thought a lion or something like that would get her while she was there. So <laughs> we went to Europe instead. But, you know, three days after 9-11, I was going to California for a uh, family reunion and barely got on a plane because nobody was flying three days after 9-11. You know, a couple yeah. of days after. But I made it out there and me, my wife had already arrived and Nobody showed up for the family reunion, so we had a good time. And and then that day, I was crossing the Golden Gate Bridge. We'd finished our day in San Francisco. And my phone, I looked down, my phone was turned off, um, and I'd missed 26 phone calls. Oh, wow. So call home, call home, call home. And you know, when I called, uh, everybody was crying, and nobody really want, could say what happened. And I, you know, as I was driving across the bridge, you know, they told me that my daughter had been found dead in her college apartment. And, you know, I pulled over. My wife went into a coma. She looked like she'd had ketamine or something, you know, and just I don't remember much that weekend. We made it home. We couldn't get a flight that day, but we finally made it home the next day. And, you know, it just wrecks your world. It just turns it inside out. And the grief is was really hard. And somebody said I should do something Brittany wanted to do. She never got to meet that boy. So daddy planned a trip to Kenya and I went in 2002. Hmm. My life was changed. So how, what, what year did Brittany pass? Remind me again. She died in uh, three days after 9-11, okay. 2011. Okay. On September so, 14th. So you went the next year. Yeah, I planned a trip a year later on um, around that same time, you know, to honor her life and meet him. And I got interested on the Internet. You know, I thought, why not give some anesthesia while I'm in Kenya? I was just going to see the boy. Mm -hmm. And I hooked up with a little hospital. You know, at the time, it was a 14 hour drive from Nairobi on really bad roads. Um, so I went early. He he described his environment and how difficult it was and how resource poor they were and so I started collecting medical equipment at my hospital here in Coleman and sent a container full and coordinated my trip and went and worked in the OR. And, you know, I could write a book about that that day's experience. Mm. Um, but it changed my life. You know, it connected me with the little boy. Mm -hmm. So you did meet Newton. How how old was he at the time, Steve? He was uh, see, she'd been. He was about six at that time. Okay. Brittany st had started supporting him when he was three through Christian Children's Fund. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow. As a sixteen-year-old. I mean that that speaks truth to who Brittany was, and uh, and then you know yeah. it's it, it is interesting that it seems out of tragedy, there always comes something good. And, you know, I've noticed that not only on the show, but mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's there's an old saying, uh, man plans, God laughs. And, you, yeah. you know, 
we don't know why things like that happen, but there there is a plan and there's a path that leads us to somewhere else. So, so Steve, tell us yeah. a little bit about you know what you're doing, and we know why you're doing it now, mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. how is how has it changed you? Because obviously, you're driving down that bridge, your life changed at that moment mm-hmm. uh, in time. Well. You know, I've always been sensitive and, you know, people in nursing are caregivers and I, I always enjoy that part of my life. I like helping people and caring for people and using the, my training and my, my nature to, to make a difference like that. That that always gives you a lot of meaning and purpose in life each day. And uh, but it, it broadened my you know, I didn't know I didn't know that people suffered like they do in Kenya. You know, I was hit right in the face with it. You know, I was like at the height of HIV crisis in Western Kenya. And so it seemed like the hospitals were, they were so overwhelmed and so resource poor, and yet they wanted to make a difference. So, you know, I came home thinking, you know, the big question, why do, why do we have so much when some people have so little? Yeah. You know, that that's the question that hit me. I was, I live in a beautiful home. You know, I, I have... My kids have cars. I have, I traveled to Europe before all this, you know, I did anything I wanted to do. And I would say I was active in the community, but, you know, going to Kenya just opened my eyes to a whole world of, of suffering. And, and, and as I moved forward, I realized that I'd been uniquely equipped in my particular field to lead in some areas that, that fit me well, that fit someone with our, my kind of background. So, so tell us mm-hmm. how you started Kenya Relief. I mean, this was in in your mind in an infancy yeah. um, in two thousand and two after you witnessed what you witnessed. Give us give us a timeline and tell us about what happened. Yeah, I took you know I I went I knew that I had to live differently. So my first idea was to start you know I need people around me to surround me that could support this work. So I took I recruited eight people to go back that same year or that year, 2002. And, you know, they started getting involved. They saw the same things I saw. You know, it was a lot of my friends. Um, I brought a radiologist was the first doctor. So I know that, that if a radiologist can go over and do that, any physician can go to and, and make a difference. But, you know, then I went back with 10 friends, then 20 friends, then 30 friends. And, you know, when you see a need, you feel like you should respond to it. And there mm-hmm. were so many needs. You know, my wife was traveling with me at the time. You know, she she had a burden for orphans. Um, you know, I was interested in health care. And, you know, it wasn't but a few years. We we hooked up with the church to start with over there, like so many people do. But mm-hmm. we, knew, we knew that we needed to control our destiny. So, you know, to make a big difference. So we could continue to have a, a, a seat at the table, mm-hmm. you know. And we've done it. Uh, so we started CanYouRelief.org. It started off Brittany and James Newton Child Fund, mm-hmm. and then we changed the name to CanYouRelief.org, which you know is leaving your mark in the world if mm-hmm. you look at our logo. But I just it just kept growing. You know the the model that we have to bring people and expose them on short term missions has a lot of value, and uh, it's just grown and grown and grown. And here, you know, fast forward 19 years later, we're approaching 20 years. We brought over 5,000 professionals to Kenya with us, and many, many, many of them are still involved. And I'm proud to say that a substantial number of them are CRNAs. Mm-hmm. So, wow. 
So how many people have you impacted with Kenya Relief? I'm not well, talking about the good impact of the providers, but I'm talking about the patients that that you take care of. And I think you said orphans. You've also got an orphanage. Is, is that yeah, we, uh, we've, I don't have the exact numbers. I know that we've directly treated 150,000 Kenyans in our clinic. And wow. we've probably done, we average about 1,000 surgeries a year right now. You know, we feel we can double that pretty easily um, with as as uh, as COVID recovers. We recover from COVID, mm-hmm. um, but it's like you know the impact. My daughter used to say, "You uh, or she read somewhere you drop a pebble in the ocean, you, the ripples felt around the world." You know, so the impacts go so. Far. You, if you get, if you do one cataract surgery on someone who is just sitting at home doing nothing, who's blind, you've affected the whole family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You know, I think hundreds of thousands of people have been positively impacted by mm. the work we do. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we've got, and we do so many things. You know, we have a school now with 690 students enrolled. Wow. And then we have an orphanage with 170 children in the program, total orphans. Mm-hmm. So those are the three main things that we do. Uh- Steve, this was not throwing a pebble in a pond. You created a tsunami, my friend. <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how does, all right, let's say I want to get involved mm-hmm. with, with your organization. Tell us about how to learn more about it. How can we get in touch with somebody? Um, mm-hmm. I know student uh, CRNAs go over um, yes, with yes. your teams. So mm-hmm. why don't you give us some <clears throat> brass tacks here, Steve? <clears throat> Well, it's real easy to learn about us. We have a YouTube channel that's just full of high quality, you know, professionally done videos that, that show you exactly what you're getting into. We have, you know, our website, KenyaRelief.org, is is loaded with information. We have a CRNA that's involved with team placement, my administration. I mean, this is everyday routine stuff for us. You know, we take 20, you know, pre-COVID, we, were t- we took 22 teams. We took 411 volunteers in 2019. Wow. Um, but but it's, there's plenty of information there. Uh, honestly, there's not a lot of room for CRNAs. We have a waiting list on a lot of the teams, mm-hmm. I'm proud to say. But CRNAs can do so much, you know, that you mentioned Well, you students. can do pre-op, post-op. I mean, yeah, we you don't have team- to just give anesthesia there. No, no. And, and, and people have different expertise, you know, in administration or something like that. I always say there's a place for everyone. But we took one time, it was interesting, we took eight students from Wolford down in Florida and two faculty. And that, I was a little nervous about that, but it turned out great because they rotated pack pre-op in the OR PACU, and it was so comforting to me being a goiter team. You know, we did we did scores sure. of giant oh, goiters. My God. I had people in, that could manage the airway in all three areas, mm-hmm. you know, so, nice. but it's, it's not hard. You we're here, um, to find a place and, and, you know, Kenny relief is not the only place to serve, you know, there's a big world and the problems in every country. So if I was to do anything from this, it would be to encourage people who are equipped from start to finish to lead, um, around the world in making a difference. And Steve, you, you know, you mentioned uh, briefly there that CRNAs are involved in, in other key positions. You want to talk about that a little bit? And as I know that yes, you are we, a 501c3 as well. So Yes. Um, well, Elizabeth Studley, for instance, you know, we have two boards. We have a U.S. board and then we have a Kenya board because we're an NGO. And so Elizabeth Studley's a CRNA that's, 
you know, pursuing her further education, her PhD in hospital administration and global health. And, you know, she's there involved intimately. Lori, he Dr. Lori Heline is involved with, with uh, placement of people on the teams. And then out of the 22 teams that we had, say, in 2019, about a dozen were CRNA team leaders. And most of them, you know, I find it because our primary thrust, although we treat medical patients, hundreds and hundreds of them, our specialty is providing, you know, high quality surgery and safe anesthesia. So um, they lead most, they lead many of our teams and they do real well in that environment. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I'm assuming that not only could they donate their time, but you guys accept a donation of, of funds as well. Yeah, we're t- our goal is to build a 300-bed full-service hospital. And right now, we're more like an outpatient surgery center that, that, that pushes the envelope a bit. You know, we do not, I wouldn't say high-risk. We don't do high-risk patients, but we do fairly high-risk surgery. You know, a goiter can be as big as a cantaloupe mm-hmm. or a watermelon. And we have a lot of really high-quality surgeons from the AAES and from the ENT world that come and quite well known for what we do with thyroid and surgery over there. Steve, do they have many surgeons in Kenya um, that are in place in the area that you're in, or are you guys pretty much it? Well, you know, let me say this. I, I, I have the highest respect for healthcare providers in Kenya. They do a great job. They're, they're so resourceful and dedicated and they just need some help. You know, the, num- the, the number of healthcare providers there, the ratio is, is very low. Most of the specialties are in the big cities. So people in rural areas who may, may even only have a bicycle, you know, have a lot of difficulty in getting to the places. And it's expensive, you know, to, to get the care. We provide a very affordable, almost free surgical care uh, because we can right now. But... Um, the you know important thing is you know five billion people in the world don't have access to safe affordable and timely surgical care with anesthesia when needed so the opportunities to uh, to make a difference in that are are valuable there's been a lot of critique about short-term surgical missions you go over there you do it you leave and you know nothing happened you don't really leave anything behind. Well, that's not how we operate. We're involved in the community. We're involved with all the local hospitals. Uh, we partner with practitioners from faith-based organizations from that come from Moy Teaching Hospital. So we're in the process of, of doing all the right things to partner with Kenyan uh, healthcare providers, and we love working with them. Now, are there CRNAs or the our equil- <clears throat> equivalent in Kenya? They are uh, called KRNAs. There is an American uh, out of Vanderbilt that started a, a, a new program. It's not really new at Kajabi Hospital, and their their goal is to is to increase the numbers. Um, mm-hmm. I've worked with many CRNAs from Kenya. I find them to be clever, uh, resourceful, um, and hardworking. They w- we learn from them, and they learn from us. Mm-hmm. I, I, at this point, maybe some of their backgrounds were not uh, as academically strong as what ours are, but clinically, I find some of them to be the best that I've worked with. Oh well, I would not be surprised <clears throat> at all, um, especially as resourceful as I'm sure that they have, have to, to be. be. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> 
I'm surprised you haven't started an anesthesia school, Steve. I mean, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm just not, I, I'm just so surprised well, you, it, you've got making, this, this huge list. It's making me think about, you know, I've got one CRNA and her husband um, decided to be a, a missionary and she's gone along with him and they're in Africa. They're not in Kenya, but, you know, she was alluding to me to the fact of the lack of anesthesia drugs and, Mm -hmm. you know, how often she's using ketamine. Um, Sure. And is it pretty much the same there, Steve? I mean, do you have access to to drugs or how how does that work? Well, Kenya's made huge progress in the last 10 years. Um, uh, uh, There's an organization that keeps broadening their formulary. We can buy most drugs in Kenya now that we used to have to take with us, you know, like, Uh, but and, and a lot of that depends on the hospital settings they're in. You know, the private there's a lot of good private hospitals, but you know that means that typically those with insurance or the rich go there, and sure. the majority yeah. of people depend on faith-based hospitals like Kajabi or Tanwick or any number of other ones or government facilities. And the government facilities are so strapped that they they operate often with, in substandard conditions okay. without what they need. How how has COVID. I mean, obviously, during COVID, it's probably been very difficult, if almost impossible, to get back over there. And, and I'm sure you have contacts over there. How has it affected this area and, and you guys not being able to be there? Well, I'd have to say that my observations, I go to a lot of mission conferences that deal with faith-based, you know, initiatives at healthcare, And I know all those people. Um, pretty much the kind of work that we're doing has virtually come to a halt. I know that there are people going around the world, but, you know, it's, it's bad news every day just about with COVID and it's complicated international travel. And right. some fears are maybe not they're realistic, but some are unfounded. There's just been a lot of organizations that have chose to take the safer route. And, we, you know, we, we feel like we have a responsibility to the community to continue the care. So we started back in March investing in, in mitigation efforts at our compound. Okay. And, I, you know, I would say that we're as ready as anybody, anybody to host teams. And we started back our teams, you know. Uh, it's still difficult day to day. We had to reduce the size for for social distancing. We had to, you know, testing is a big issue. You know, and you, when I went to Kenya in January, you had to have a negative PCR test. Well, while I was there, I had I had dinner with U.S. Ambassador, and he told me, uh, you better get ready because you're going to have to be tested to go home, too. And yeah. sure enough, next week it came out. Um, now you got to have a mid-flight test in some places. But if, you're, if your organization is prepared, those things are possible. Right. We had field representatives come and draw our samples and test us. And so we've got the good thing, I think, about Kenya Relief is if, if somebody wants wants to go on a mission trip, we know how to do it well and make it seamless for that person. Even during this COVID process, um, I think we're ahead of the game on that. I can attest to that. Steve sent me all of his COVID guidelines that he had set up for me to take a look at, and it was better than what they are around here. Um, Honestly, he did a spectacular job with those. Have you ever done any any mission trips? No, Steve has been after me for a long time. We'll put the screws to her now, Steve. But I will tell you, Steve is so very gracious. And, you know, he says everybody's got a way that they serve. And I can't 
go to Kenya, but I can be AANA president right, or whatever. Right. He, yeah. and, and he's just so terrifically gracious about that. And sometimes it's who you know. For instance, one of the places I worked at got all new stretchers. And our other stretchers were were fine. Right, right. Um, Oh, that's a great idea. And so I called Steve, and he said, you know, the stretchers that we're using doesn't even have the rubber on the wheels. And how much was it? You had gotten a cost estimate. Oh, that, it was like $200 per wheel. Yeah. Oh, And my I gosh. said, uh, we've got nine stretchers here. And so the docs that I worked with okayed it. Well, we were taking them to the dump. Wow. That's what they were going to do with them. And so he had somebody, I mean, his tentacles go very far <laughs> out. And he had somebody in North Carolina. They delivered a container. We put the stretchers in there. Oh, and awesome. they're now in Kenya. That is so awesome. I can't go to Kenya, but I know people. Well, yeah. No, but, it, you know, everybody has their, their roles. And, I mean, that's just, I, I would have never even thought about that, Sharon until you said that but yeah i mean for our listeners if you if you can't go or don't want to go during this covid time if there's other ways connections maybe very similar i mean we sent monitors over there too we were also getting all new monitors and i forgot how many monitors we sent and actually students from wake forest were joining you uh, one of the teams, mm-hmm. and so I took all of the monitors over to Wake Forest and gave mm-hmm. them to the students, and they, and they transported them, them wow. with them. That is really cool. Yeah, I know a lot of the students over there have, mm-hmm. have done this. So. so what about expired drugs and things like that? Now, I, I, you, I gather up all expired drugs, and I, I send it to another place, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't know. Can you... If Kenya's become, um, you know, they're moving forward, and obviously, in a, in a in a healthy world, you don't use expired drugs, right? So, well, except that the government has done studies and shown that ten years after expiration dates, they're just as the same. You know, I would use them on me. I Heck mean, yeah. I can, we've taken medications in our house that we've were all out of used date. them on ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 we try and comply with all the government rules and yeah. regulations in Kenya and adhere to their practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So wow. so we pay a lot of money for our medicines. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, you can still send monitors and stretchers and equipment and colonoscopes and. Oh, Michael Hunt and I. We he he his he had an outpatient surgery cl- a center closing down. He called me. I, I flew out there. We drove a U-Haul truck twenty four hours, thirty six hours across the country, filled with all kinds of equipment. So there's you know we're always upgrading. And the good thing with we've sent forty five containers. There's mm-hmm. one on the water right now that's got these beautiful Neptune suction machines that I can't wait till they get there. <laughs> replacing we've been we've been trying to measure blood volume in a in a giant canister that was 20 liters and these newer ones have you know the small can so i'm very excited every time a container goes there's a new or table on it there's things that we need but every crna can make a difference in the world if they would go to their warehouse if they would go to their ceo they cherry pick the good equipment and have it checked by Biomed and send it to some country, send it to us, send it to somebody because they need equipment that's been properly checked and mm-hmm. screened. And, and, you know, a lot of people send, they call it junk for Jesus. They, uh, somebody will fill up a container and send it over there and it's not appropriate for the country or nobody knows how to use it. So there's a lot of organizations out there that 
like Hospital Sisters Mission Outreach. You know, they're, uh, they're, they, they check all the equipment, master's degree biomed, they, they make sure it's in date, and, and then they help other organizations like our ship containers. So, you know, if you want to have a giant impact, pay for a container shipment. Mm-hmm. And because we share with other hospitals in mm-hmm. the area. Hey, Steve, I'm going to I'm going to kind of bring this to full circle here, I think, because I hear the enthusiasm. I hear the passion in your voice. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I know that this all started out of a tragedy and the loss of Brittany. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be interested to know, thinking back to that time in your life, what is the one thing that you can put your finger on that has changed for the better for Steve on this this journey that you're on? Well, of course, it brought a lot of healing to me and my grief. You know, it was really hard to find healing, um, you know, even all these years later. But uh, that was the biggest thing is it. It helped me to clarify what my purpose was on this earth and helped me to realize that I can have an impact in what other people think. You know, I can use um, my experience, my education, my the good and the bad to, to contribute in a meaningful way to those who live around me. You know, like it's wonderful to, for someone who's blind to see and it's wonderful for an orphan who has no hope whatsoever to be lifted up and given opportunity but one of the one of the things that i enjoy the most is traveling with people who have never been or seen places like that and to see god working in their life yeah. you know their life has changed just like my life was changed and that that's one thing that um i've gotten out of this is the is that my time on earth counts, you know, and uh, I'm just, there's just uh, a lot to be done and I have the opportunity to make a difference. Yeah, I don't think uh, any of us could have said it any better. You know, in today's world, we, we get so focused on our mm-hmm. life and the little problems that we have along the way and mm-hmm. things that go on. And, and little, then, very uh, little, emphasize little. Oh, absolutely. And little. Then, you you hear stories such as yours, Steve, where it it was a tragedy, but you have helped so many others out of that tragedy. And, you know, that's just one thing I think that if we could get across to our listeners mm-hmm. who, who might be having problems now. You know, we've had talks about this before. We've done um, podcasts on uh, dealing with mental health and so forth, and we've gotten a lot of feedback about that and everybody's going to have problems. We're all going to have difficulties. There's going to be life events uh, that happen, but it's what comes out of that. I think that is ultimately the most important. And and Steve, I will say that it it sounds like you have more than learned a lot uh, to put it lightly throughout that tragedy. So we want to, we want to thank you for what you're doing. You, you are making the world a, a better place. And um, I, I got a question too. I, I guess your, your wife's involved as well, right? Well, she kind of, she's involved. Uh, she helped, you know, like I heard, I've listened to 20 of your podcasts and I've gotten <laughs> so much out of it in the last week. And thank you, Steve. I, I can't wait to read Simon Senwick's books and, uh, you know, yes. and I have such a high respect for, everybody that you've hosted and I've learned about them. And when you learn about a person, you, you, you see the value in that person that maybe you didn't see before, but, yep. um, uh, what was your question? 
<laughs> he doesn't even remember oh, now. Oh, gosh. I, I don't remember. What did I say now? <laughs> I know. You, every time Steve talks, you just I, I know, get I just kind of fell into it. what he was, I know. was I've going got, to say. I've got a question. You know, CRNAs, not only are the smartest people I know, um, but they are very generous people. What can CRNAs do to help? Just, just name it. And they always rise to the occasion, Steve. Well, I tell you, take a little time to learn about us because, you know, CRNAs have a powerful voice. You know, they have a powerful voice in purchasing. They have a powerful voice with with reps and vendors and, you know, as many of them run outpatient surgery centers, et cetera, et cetera. Look at what all of y'all have done. Um, but they, they need to be familiar with Kenya Relief because we're always looking not just for CRNAs, but for surgeons and for scrub techs. Maybe you could sponsor someone to go. You know, a lot of people want to go, but it costs about $3,500 because we have a pretty premium trip. We include safari two days, full days of safari at the end of the trip, and you'd really get treated and pampered while you're there. So you can just That's work great. your butt off. Mm-hmm. And um, but Do you take uh, financial people on these trips? <laughs> Well, <laughs> he wants to safari. Hey, year, I think we should go and podcast from uh, from, uh, from from Kenya. there. Yeah. Yes, sure. Uh, we, we could do a documentary you, you know? podcast. I love couples when they go too because yeah. uh, it, it does a lot for a marriage and a relationship. But yeah, usually you find either two healthcare workers or you find somebody that's married to a banker or something like that. And we find them something to do. I was afraid you were going to, you, you know, some of your questions is what is it that um, people may not know about you? They might think that I was a good financial manager. Um, so yeah, I would take <laughs> because I'm not. <laughs> We all have our strong suits. That's that is that is for sure. Yeah. Well, Steve, as we kind of wrap- what would tell us what you anything you would like to tell our listeners right now, and then we're going to go to our lightning round where we're going to ask you a couple of these. Other okay. Questions. Well, you can. I, I tell you what, COVID's been a very expensive endeavor for us. You know, make a donation. I mean, my goodness, I know how much money you make. I was a CRNA <laughs> for thirty five years, and I don't hesitate to ask because it's not for me. Right. My salary hadn't changed in eight years, mm-hmm. you know, since I retired. And and that's OK with me. But um, make a donation to Kenya Relief and you're going to support a CRNA centric. I think I invented that word. Is I love that possible? it. I love it. We have a CRNA centric group. It doesn't mean we don't take anesthesiologists because we do. Well, they but can the work. I know a few that do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They usually get in a room, you know, yeah. they put them in a room. Uh. So um, but I don't know get involved somewhere, you know, keeping up with ANA and all the difficulties y'all have had over the decades, you know, from in, in, in the organization, keeping it sound and fit. You know, there's young people that are, have different ways of doing things. Y'all are reaching out to them. Help them to get involved. That The AANA should encourage global health initiatives. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I would like to see is there should be more movement. And I've read about the IFNA. I've read about the G4 Alliance. I've, you know, I have the highest respect for the people that are doing those kind of things. I'm sorry I wasn't involved in them. Mm-hmm. You know, I've just been in the trenches. Well, working. I believe that you've been busy, Steve. So <laughs> yeah. you can give yeah. yourself you can give yourself a bye. It's okay. Yeah. I All think right. we need one more hour, but go ahead. Yes. All right. So we're going to start doing something called the lightning round where we ask people because people love to know about our guests not just about their topic but 
to know about them. So when you feel fear, what do you do first, Steve? Well, I'm in, when I'm in my right mind, I've started my day well, I say, Jesus, help me. Because I get overwhelmed sometimes every day. And so I have to call on a higher being. Or I ask my, I'm learning as a leader that I need to use my friends around me better. So I ask for help. You know, I, I, should, I should have had you as one of my prayer warriors. Whenever I was AANA president, I had a group of people that I would text that I called my prayer warriors. And I would text them and say, okay, I'm getting ready to go into an important meeting. And I want you guys to pray for me right now. And if I would have known you then, you would have been on that texting list. I tell, I tell all of my prayer warriors, you know, it's a long distance call for me. But for you all, it's a local call. Because <laughs> y'all yeah, yeah, got yeah. a better line than I do. <laughs> yeah, they prayed me through my open heart surgery. Yes, well, honey, I was on that list, baby. I yeah. was praying too. Yeah. All right, Steve, favorite word? I didn't know what that word would be. I love the names of children in Kenya. There are many because that was peace, hope, mercy, happiness. But mm-hmm. I feel, I even looked it up online because I saw that question. I guess I, I answered some questions and it said laughter was my favorite word. Huh. I like that. I, I could see that. I like yeah. that. So what's your favorite movie, Steve? Last of the Mohicans. Oh, my God. And do you not just love that soundtrack? I played that. And when that crescendo. Oh, and and the the romance. Oh, it was so good. Oh, my God. Daniel Day-Lewis running without a shirt through the woods. That was good, too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right, Steve. Your hero. Well, It'd be wrong not to say my wife wasn't my hero. She stood by me. You know, I see I have a lot of insecurity. So my heroes are people that who come through for me, who stand in the gap for me. Yep. And so I could talk about her. But my administrative assistants and Kenya Relief have always been my heroes because this is such a big job. I couldn't do it without them. They actually run the show and I appreciate them. There's been a whole series of them, but I have good administrative assistants. What are you binge watching now? Peaky Blinders, I was on a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. My wife got me on that. There was a few other things. But I watch cooking shows. I watch Shark Tank. I'm trying to stay off the news right now. Yeah, yeah. aren't we all? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So, well, one more, and then we are going to wrap this up. If you could go back in history, what era would you go to? I would go to the the civil rights movement, you know, there's something inside me that hates injustice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I will, I wish I could be there. Now, this is a time also when I hate injustice. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I try and do in Kenya is, is bring justice to those who um, don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. You know, women, um, we have women's conferences, we have, we're children, we're advocates for children. So uh, I like that time. I, I probably would go back in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Although I wouldn't have mind being with Daniel Day Lewis in that. Oh movie. my! <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Steve, we really want to thank you for being on. Thank you for all the good work you're doing, and uh, you know you're doing an amazing job out there. And I think if anything, we can all take away from this is do something to help someone else, and you're you're definitely doing that. So. Uh, We also want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon (laughs) Pierce. (laughs) See, forget your name, dude. No, I just wanted to switch it up a little bit. See, I can always catch her off guard, Steve. I love it. I I love it. Uh, If you if you like our show and want to know more, check out our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, remember. 
the only way we grow is by you spreading the word for us. So right now we're in the top 50 medical podcasts and Sharon wants to go to number 10 and, you know, I want to go to number one. Well, so. you got to go to 10 before you can go to one. That right? is true. Okay. Yeah, that is true. That's and a good viewpoint. I, and I don't even have a financial background. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and as always, leave us a review, but only if it's positive. That's right. There's enough negativity in the world, folks. It's wrap. Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.